the results spoke for themselves because when you tell someone that, hey, you're going to have at least a 2,400% return of investment, just try it out. It's not a problem. Are you an overwhelmed SaaS founder ready to make the leap from leading a team to leading an organization? Join us each week as we refill your think tank with actionable tips and strategies from great business minds you know and those you don't know yet. This is SaaS Fuel with your host, five-time entrepreneur, SaaS founder, and globetrotting adventurer, Jeff Maines. Welcome back to the SaaS Fuel Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Maines. In last week's episode, I talked with 12-time founder Andrew Amon about his startup studio and how he's brought dozens of products to markets for clients and his own ventures. One of the most interesting insights was his idea board and how he manages hundreds of ideas and iterations and then chooses a few to bring to life while the rest wait, iterate, and generate more ideas. So if you missed that, definitely go back and check that one out. Andrew is a wealth of knowledge who provides actionable insights. You know, one of the most important links from the show notes last week is the donation link to support the people of Ukraine. I mean, entrepreneurs like you can absolutely change the world. And I know many of you have done that and donated. You've emailed me, you've texted me, and I really, really appreciate that. And you've done that already. So thank you. If you haven't donated yet, hit that link and make a difference because together we can do incredible things. Our guest this week is Today Bogatai, the co-founder of CartBoss. CartBoss is solving one of the biggest challenges in e-commerce and that is abandoned carts. Have you ever abandoned a cart? I do that all the time. But see, their unique solution is powerfully simple and delivers crazy ROI for their clients. And when I say crazy, I mean like 1,200%, 10,000% and, and more. It's insane. I love what they're doing. But they've really cracked the code here. And speaking of code, today is actually a former developer who is now focused on running day-to-day operations as a SaaS founder and achieving long-term growth goals at CartBoss. But today is part of our free group, SaaS and Pro Service Champions, Uh, which is where we met. I'll actually link that down in the show notes as well. So you can come check that out. He's become a a friend. I love his enthusiasm, his commitment, and perspective on SaaS growth. And I know that you will too. Today's episode is sponsored by my book, Small Fish Big Pond, building a world-class business that swims circles around competitors. So why do some companies achieve explosive growth while others sink into the depths? What do exceptional SaaS companies do that mediocre companies don't? And what can SaaS leaders learn from fish? Small Fish Big Pond delivers powerful business lessons guaranteed to change the way you view your business and includes hands-on exercises and growth tools to get lightning fast results. Get your copy today at smallfishbigpond.com. Use the code SASFUEL to unlock special bonus content. Well, hello today and welcome to SAS Fuel. Really glad to have you here today. Likewise, Jeff. It's nice being here. Well, you are CEO of Cart Boss, and I would love to hear a little bit about your background and where you came from. How did you get to where you are today and, and the idea behind Cart Boss? Well, I'm the co-founder of Cart Boss. It's, to give you an example, it's a solution for recovering abandoned carts with text messages. And I started as a 
WordPress developer, actually. I started a company where we developed different solutions and different e-commerce websites for companies, specifically for impulsive buyers. And the company grew a bit and we had a lot of talks. I had a lot of meetings with those clients of ours. And they all said that they somehow need to optimize their checkout, that they have a lot of abandoned carts. So, of course, the first solution that you go about is using emails because you can't find anything else out there. Even today, it's hard to find something right. uh, that's really easy to use. I get those emails all the time. Everybody does. I'm actually waiting for a lot of emails, you know, like I just put stuff in the cart and I just wait that I get a discount uh, email and uh, yeah, and then I buy stuff. Right. I think we know that trick now. Yeah, we do. And I still use it. And the thing was that we all knew that text messages perform better than emails. I mean, a lot of people don't even read emails. For example, to just give you a bit of statistics, emails are read opened, for example, under 20% and the click-through rate is around 2%. And we were on a drink with my current business partner, the one that we have the car boss with. We were on a drink and we were talking like, there must be something better than that. You know, like emails really suck. So we got to an idea of, hey, what about text messages, you know? And we had a long drink. So we said like, yeah, that could be an idea and stuff like that. And the next day we started doing a bit of research and we saw that text messages are opened in 99% of the times. That's true. Yeah. But there's one statistic that we were even more interested in, specifically because of abandoned cards, that 93% of text messages get opened within the first three minutes of receiving them. Right. I mean, that's a nice statistic, especially when it comes to abandoned cards. So we did a bit of brainstorming back and forth. And then we said like, yeah, like, why not? Let's try to recover abandoned cards with text messages. And that's everything, actually. There is no big story behind it. It's just an idea, a random idea that came to our heads. And we decided to try working on it. And yeah, we worked on the solution for more than a year before even going live with it. And yeah. After going live, we just popped, you know, everybody wanted this solution because it was so easy to implement and the results actually spoke for themselves. But yeah, we can talk about the results that you get with Cardboss later on, but that's actually the main thing. That's how Cardboss started. And yeah, it all started there, like just a regular idea. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense because even, you know, just waiting on emails, I'd much rather just finish the purchase now, but I know I'm going to get a discount if I wait. And sometimes I get back to the cart. Sometimes I get the email. Sometimes I don't. And even when I do, sometimes I get back to it and other times I don't. But if I got a text message, then that would make a lot of sense. No, the only thing is that a lot of people, you know, get scared about using text messages for recovering abandoned carts, like our clients, because they think that they're really invasive, that they get into your personal space. And we were scared about that as well, that people just don't want to get those text messages and stuff like that. And when we did the initial research and then the later on the testing, we found out that people don't like receiving that much of promotional text messages just randomly. But if you abandon a card, they don't mind it at all. They just enjoy 
receiving a text message. And even more, we noticed that a lot of people just forget about that they were shopping on a site. And when they just receive a regular text message, message, hey, uh, Jeff, you forgot a basketball in your cart. You're going to go back and buy it. Not You don't even need to get a discount because it, specifically for impulsive buys, for example, you're in 40% of the cases, you're going to buy that basketball back. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so what were the, the challenges in selling that conceptually to your clients? I mean, if they thought that was going to be invasive and what kind of challenges were there in, in getting them to, to try the solution? Well, it, the results spoke for themselves because when you tell someone that, hey, you're going to have at least a 2,400% return of investment, just try it out. It's not a problem. But there is a different problem. That's a pretty good ROI. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. lower average, actually. Our highest return of investment is somewhere around 5,700%, by the way. Wow. N not to be bragging. Not to be bragging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said there was another problem. What, what was the other problem? Time. E-commerce businesses don't have time, you know, to implement text messages on their site, write the text messages, get them translated add all the coupon codes to your to the sites and then implement them in the text messages have all the flow you know when the recipient of the text message gets the text message and then the, go to the checkout and somehow fill the checkout out and add the coupon code that's a hassle that's a hassle for the developers of the e-commerce businesses that's a hassle for the copywriters the translations, uh, the translation team, it just takes a lot of time. So sure. we realized actually with our first testing client that they just don't want to spend time doing that. So what we did was we wrote all the text messages. We wrote like probably 50 to 100 different text messages. We tested them out uh, to just find the like top 10 text messages to use for different occasions, like uh, fixed discounts for free shipping and stuff like that, different offers. When we found the top four from each group for each uh, different offer, we took those texts, we got them translated, lectured, translated. Then we shipped all those text messages to local people from like Croatia, Hungary, Czechia, Italy, from everywhere. We got the, back their feedback if the translations are even legit, if they're okay. Took them back to the translation team so that they made them like perfect as much as possible. And then we implemented them in the system. Then what we did was we made the whole system of Cardboss automatic completely. So you don't need to do one thing. You just enter the API key and you don't need to set the languages or anything, which means that the recipient of the text message is first checked from which country he is or what language he actually speaks. And then he receives the text message in the appropriate language. So when you set up Cardboss on your website, you honestly just put in the API key, install the plugin, put in the API key, and you're done. That's it. Because e-commerce... Well, that really solves the problem of, of implementation and time, for sure. Yeah, that's the idea behind it. We were constantly just thinking time is of the essence, but not for us, you know, just for the companies that want to use our solution. 
they cannot waste time. With emails, they need to write the emails and everything. With us, they just need to activate it. That's it. It's less than a five-minute process. And even the coupon codes, the, we generate the coupon codes. On your website, we generate the coupon code so you don't have to. Everything is automatically applied to the recipient's card, which means that they don't have to write in their data again, like uh, location, uh, name, email, or whatever. They don't need to enter the coupon code. They just need to get on the site, click complete order, and that's it. And the same mentality goes throughout the whole card boss mentality. And yeah, it's just like a plug and play solution that you can do immediately. That's really smart. I think you know every client that I've ever talked to, you know, one of the the challenges is always time for implementation and uh, and selling to to clients, and and that's one of their biggest constraints. It's not you know financial in a lot of cases. A lot of times, it's uh, they, they, even if they love the solution, it is the the time to implement and uh, the time to make a change. That's something that we all struggle with. Exactly. Where do you order your pizza from? From the location that you have to wait for two hours or from the location that you get it in 15 minutes, you know? And if you get it in 15 minutes and the pizza is amazing, you will always order from there. Of course. Of course. And as we see that in, in a lot of different industries. I mean, you know, pizza is an example of that. I mean, here in the, the States, you know, Domino's has done a deal with Alexa where you can just speak your, your order and, and just you know, say, send it to me. And, and they'll send the same thing that you got last time. So you can have favorite orders and, and you just speak it and it shows up. So it's, it's really taking out the thought process, the, the difficulty in purchasing and removing that friction so that uh, things happen a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole idea. Just make it simple for our users. Yet again, make it simple for the recipients of the text messages as well. Just a no-brainer that you don't need to waste time thinking about it because in my other company where we do web development, we see a lot of people just struggling, you know, with the user interface of the websites and everything. And when you boil it down to the, just the simple steps. Just add it to your cart, continue to shopping, put your data in, that's it. Have as least data to input as possible. The conversion rate is going to be the best. And when we actually when we tested, we did a few tests. Well, these weren't actually scientific tests. But these were just beginner errors, to be honest. But sometimes those are the best. Yeah, it was. It's a really nice, nice statistic that I can share. When we sent people back to the checkout page, and their data wasn't already pre-filled in the cart, for example, like Jeff and everything, and what uh, your email address and everything, the conversion rate dropped to twenty to thirty percent. When we activated that feature back again, the conversion just skyrocketed back again. So, yeah, there is a saying that laziness is something that pushes technology forward. I think that's from Einstein or someone. But it's so true. Just make it easy for people that they don't need to think about stuff. For example, Amazon, if you've got a Prime uh, subscription, you just click buy and that's it. Right. And you get it the next day or in the next two days. And it just shows up like magic. Yeah. You don't need to add anything to it. Now they have definitely figured out how to uh, to monopolize convenience for sure. 
and remove friction. That's a, that's a great thing about the, the model. Well, you mentioned a number of different countries and I know, you know, listening, people may wonder, you know, where are you from? And uh, so you know, let's talk a little bit about that. And then how is e-commerce different globally? You know, what kind of differences have you seen and how have you adapted your solution to a global market? So many questions, Jeff. Well, I'm from Slovenia, <laughs> although I live currently live in Holland, which is an amazing country. I just love it here. That's great. But regarding e-commerce, well, I would say, I mean, my opinion isn't important, but the thing is that regarding e-commerce, there are countries that are more open to, well, maybe to correct myself, honestly, Germany and Austria are really, for example, strict when it comes to personal data. When it comes to emails, text messages, and stuff like that, people really respect their, their privacy. If I understand correctly their laws, actually, they're not even allowed to receive emails from their employers after hours and stuff like that, meaning that they really just want to be left alone. If they don't opt in, then just uh, don't send me anything. But otherwise, all the other countries in the European Union, for example, are really e-com oriented. They really like to buy stuff. The, I can just speak from the conversion rates and the click-through rates and all other countries are just top-notch. Then there is, of course, US, which is a field of its own. The click-through rates do drop, but not that much. The click-through rates don't, do not drop that much, but you do notice a difference between the behavior of EU customers and US customers. A good example would be this. In the EU, the click-through rate for the first text message that most of our clients use is just a regular text message. Like, hey, John, uh, Jeff, you forgot something in your card. And the same one is usually used in the U.S. The click-through rate uh, for the first text message is usually around 40%. The same is in the U.S., but the return on investment in the U.S. is lower by 20 to 30%. But in the U.S., the second text message with the discount is 40 to 60% higher than in the EU. Wow. Because people in the EU don't care that much about the discount, but they do care about being notified or getting the feeling about that the brand has like some personal touch to them. Whilst in the US, I think that a lot of people know just expect the discount and they're just waiting for the discount and that's it. Like send me the discount, man. Yeah, that's one difference. That, <laughs> yes, that, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. And the same goes with the text messages. In the US, everybody just waits for the discount. But in the EU, everybody's just like, yeah, I did actually forgot something in the cart. And yeah, I still want this product. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, just that, that's a great thing that, that you do for your clients is really helping them understand the market because it is different in different places. And so how people want to engage, you know, what gets, you know, a consumer to make a choice in one place is going to be different than another. And so really helping guide your clients, there's a lot of value in that and in, in helping them understand that and put together the right strategies. So how involved are you in, in working with your clients and building those strategies? Well, I mean, to a certain degree you are because 
you do have a lot of meetings, at least from my side, I do have a lot of meetings with clients that are a bit big spenders, you know, you do want to spend a lot of time with them because you learn a lot of stuff, what they need, because the stuff that they need, usually all other, our clients need. Of course. So yeah, the thing is that you cannot know everything. And if you communicate with your clients, then you learn new stuff. If you check the statistics, you learn new stuff. You can make it a lot easier for the new clients that start using Cardboss. And you can just either write blog posts. You can either write some, add some new features to the whole Cardboss dashboard saying like, look, uh, we noticed that you've got 40 plus different countries where you send text messages. Try to send different text messages to these countries because those countries do not respond that well to other, I mean, upsells and stuff like that. We try to actually check each client. I mean, the number of clients is a bit big, so we cannot check each and every one. But we try to have like at least, you know, once a week list of all the clients that need to be checked, the new ones, the ones that perform bad, for example, because, you know, it's not in your interest to have clients that have a return of investment under, I don't know, a thousand percent. I don't, I try to brag about our numbers. So if I've got a client that has bad numbers, I try to get in touch with them and help them out, figure out the reason why they perform so bad. When you talk to them and when you see the statistics and when you check all the funnels that they have prepared, you learn from that and you can give them examples like, look, don't do this, try it like that. And then you get back to them after a few months or a month or two, whatever. And you see that the results grew like enormously because one small change, for example, if you have a thousand orders per day, that can change the ball game completely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a give and take relationship. You know, you, you give them the knowledge, they give you back the results and then you just find a way to grow them and then you can grow also all the other users, clients. That was really smart. And that, that helps solve the, the churn problem as well, because you're really looking out for clients. If somebody is, is lower, then, uh, then you're able to, to go in and help them you know, use the, the solution well and, uh, and get better results. And also just understanding what it is that's working for your best client and be able to take that and bring that expertise you know, to the entire client base. Yeah, I mean, well, our churn base is 0%, Jeff. That was a humble brag. Sorry. Well, that's every SaaS founder wants it to be zero. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often, but that's something that doesn't happen by accident either. So that's really good. I try to, I mean, yeah, I read a lot of different statistics online and that isn't typical. And our churn churn rate would be lower. I mean, it would be worse because two clients went away a while ago. But because like they said, like, yeah, we're going to try to find something of our own and stuff like that. And then they came back and I was like, yes, yes, our turn base is 0% back. But the thing is that we're not trying to, well, the best answer would be that we just want our users to grow their 
businesses, you know. And that's the only thing that we're trying to achieve. And we're just trying to learn how to make it easier for them. And in the end, when they see that it's a plug and play solution and that it just gives them, brings them new orders on autopilot, they just put the account on autofill, you know, like the just like auto refill my credits and that's it. And that's the beauty of it, which probably isn't the best, but still they forget about Cardboss in a way. They just have it on all their sites. It's like a typical process now for them. They just, when they add a new country to their marketplace, to their growth strategy, it's like, yeah, we need to install a new website. We need to add a translation. We need to connect emails. We need to connect Cardboss. And that's it. It's just part of their workflow. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of all of it, that they forget about us in a way, because it's a solution that just brings them money, I mean, or new orders without even thinking about them. That's really good when the technology just becomes transparent, becomes part of just what they do, their ordinary business process. Yeah. So that's great. Well, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the one thing that, uh, you know, in your business venture that uh, you didn't expect. And so we will be right back after a word from this week's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Champion Leadership Group. Get free growth tools and map out a growth plan to scale your SaaS business beyond $10 million. Travel with fellow SaaS entrepreneurs on your growth journey using a proven methodology that is mentor-guided, results-focused, and peer-supported. Celebrate wins and quickly rebound from setbacks to achieve profitable growth, impact, and freedom. Unleash your SaaS growth at championleadership.com. All right, we are back. SaaS Fuel guest today is today CEO of CartBoss. And uh, the next question is I uh, wanted to know, you know, what is one thing in your business that, uh, that you experienced that you did not expect? Yeah, okay. There's a few different things that I honestly didn't expect. And that was sure. the user interface of the dashboard, you know, of the CartBoss dashboard that I always thought that people would get familiar with it. You know, it's like just a few clicks, there's a few settings and that's it. It's really easy to understand. Then we started getting different questions like, how do the, the translations work? Where do I set different languages for different websites? And although it was for me and my business partner, it's really straightforward, you know, like it's automatic. You can read it on our website. It's there. It's like, you can see it everywhere, automatic, automatic language detection, multilingual. But people kept asking those same and same different questions. We realized that the user interface, the user experience uh, of our Cardboss users is extremely important. And that you shouldn't think about that. Yeah, people are going to understand that. It's easy to, I mean, it's just like, yeah, how can you mess this up? So that's one huge thing that we didn't even consider that much uh, at the beginning. And now is the most important part of everything. The user interface, the user experience of our system, making it as easy and dumb-proof as possible to just understand all the features that are available Making all, I mean, there is one saying in web development, make everything possible in three clicks. 
you know, like add a product to the cart, continue to check out at the uh, finished uh, order. The same goes with uh, dashboards for different SaaS uh, products. But here, the thing is that you need to add additional explanations to people that, because the thing is, for example, if if you have a Ford, a car, and you sit in another car, for example, I don't know, Hyundai. I'm good. I'm bad with cars, really bad. But yeah, I think Ford, Hyundai. I understand. You can start each car all the time because they're all the same in underneath. You know, like you just turn the key, car key, and yeah, you have have to have it in neutral and everything. But what happens is that when people start using different solutions, for example, Cardboss, they expect the same, you know, like they expect to go inside the dashboard, have it as MailChimp or some other solution, and they don't want to put in the effort to just think just for a second. Every thought, every second that they lose thinking about how to use our software, our solution, it makes it more difficult for them. So the thing is that we need to just scale it down to the bare minimum, add different notes, different explanations on how to use our solution, what some different checkbox, if you check it, does and everything. So yeah, that was a huge uh, break when we started considering the user experience of the dashboard, per se. And yeah, I never thought about that. That's really smart. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. That's, it's one of those things. I, I think that we do that a lot as software people. We're in our solutions all the time. And so it makes perfect sense to us. But then you take somebody else that's a, another user and drop them in there. And, and suddenly things are not quite as intuitive as, as we thought they were. And, uh, and when we can do that and make it even simpler. And, uh, and, and I like the way that you're thinking about that. It's, so they come in and they use it, but they don't have to think about it. Every, every second they spend thinking about how to do something is time lost. And so making it so simple that they get in there and they just do it. The problem is that if you make something, that's the second problem, actually. If you make something so simple to use, but people are used to having a bit more difficult softwares to use, then they're just like confused. And a typical example, actually, is the multilingual functionality of Cardboss. Because you don't need to define for example, like this website is in this language, this website is in that language, because you can have, I don't know, a UK website and you can have visitors from Germany, Italy, UK, whatever. They should receive a text message in their own language. And yeah, we got so many different questions. Where do I set the languages? Where, how do I limit the language? Or where do I set the language for our website? And then when you try to explain to them, like you don't need to do it because our system will automatically detect the recipient's language and send him the appropriate uh, text message. It's so easy to understand, but when you explain it to someone that's super focused on very limited functionality, for example, from MailChimp or others, I don't want to promote MailChimp now, but still MailChimp has like, it sends text ma mails and that's it in a specific language that you wrote the email, that's it. They're just so fixed in that one solution that they just cannot understand that there are other ways of doing stuff. 
And yeah, that's the main barrier, you know, explaining something new that's even easier to use, but they just, they, they just like freeze, you know, you just don't understand that that can be done. Sure. Well, what is a lesson that you've learned as being CEO and building a SaaS company that uh, that you wish you could go back and, and tell yourself back when you started? Well, difficult questions, Jeff. But one would be to, another saying is, you know, the kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yes. Just focus on the small things. It's easy to say it, but it's make it as, as small of a problem as possible. Just make it simple, simple, simple as possible because you can add newsletter text messages, but will people actually use it? And if they will use it, will they understand how to use it? Well, maybe I can correct myself right now. Sure. Listen to your clients. Listen to your clients, what they have to say. And don't think on your own. Just take your phone call a bunch of different users of your solution, ask them, hey, how are you satisfied with it? And just don't have that information stored in your head, but have it stored somewhere in a file or something. And at the end of the day, when you have like 20 different answers or 30, 40, 50, whatever, then start thinking, what's the next smart step to do? Which probably isn't the best uh, answer for younger people to not think on their own. But when it comes to this kind of business, don't think on your own. Just get the data, ask your clients and take the next steps based on what the statistics say. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Because it, it's really their opinion that matters, not uh, not what we think is a good idea, but uh, what they think is a good idea and are willing to pay for. It is, but you, you need to get there. And it's hard to get there, especially when you've got so a bunch of ideas. You know, we can add this, we can add that. We can, I mean, we can make fireworks go. and But in the end, it doesn't matter. It just matters what people really want and you're going to get so many into the enthusiastic enthusiastic ideas but and you're going to get excited about those ideas as well because there they there are so many good ideas from our users but in the end it doesn't matter you know it matters if three people say that that's a good idea and that they would use it but 50 others say that yeah it's a good idea but we wouldn't use it but we would need this, then unfortunately you have to go with the idea that uh, the statistics say. That's good. So where do you think that the biggest challenges are for, or the biggest opportunities are for e-commerce in the, the future? As we look at, uh, you know, the kind of the emerging metaverse, how do you see e-commerce changing and adapting? Well, honestly, it's not going to adapt. I think that it's not going to that much. It's going to adapt in a way that it's going to be easier to make purchases online. Amazon is a good example, actually, when you can buy a product just by clicking on it and done deal. That's what Google Pay and Apple Pay has been doing as well. You can, or PayPal, it's been doing that forever. You can just click and complete the order and that's it with quick checkout. It's going to be focusing mostly on that. Just make it easier for the users, to, for the buyers to complete their purchases without completing their information. But there has been so many different hurdles 
regarding that. For example, GDPR uh, in the US, you've got your own legislation regarding that. I, so there's been a lot of problems regarding personal information and the ease of use of e-commerce. But I think that I believe that the future is in sharing personal data in a way that you can complete your purchases a lot easier, in a way that you can complete an order in one click, in a way that you can track your order on your phone, no matter where you bought your product. Those are some of the features that I think that are going to start growing. Regarding Metaverse, when you mentioned it, I think it's got a lot of steps ahead. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm mostly focused on the smaller steps in the future, for example, like two, three years. And yeah, I think those are quite huge steps to even accomplish, especially because of legislation. People need to get the hang of it. I think that most people don't have a PayPal account. I think that a lot of people don't have a Google account. Uh, I mean, a Google Pay account, Apple Pay account, and that's a process. And people will still need to write in their information and everything. And yeah, it's going to take a long time. But the future is in for e-commerce businesses, regarding e-commerce businesses to focus on them perhaps, is optimization of costs because uh, currently I was just talking about uh, buyers, the people that buy on e-commerce sites, but for the businesses, it's mo I think that it's going to be mostly focused on cost optimization. For example, the stuff that's going on currently with Facebook and everything, prices are just skyrocketing for ads and companies need to find better ways. I mean, different ways of optimizing their costs because, I mean, if it goes down for 10%, it can cost them huge amounts of money to get new buyers. And for that 10%, they need to find the 10% difference somewhere else. I mean, if they have a return of investment, I mean, a return of ad spend three, four, I mean, how much more room can you have? That makes sense. Yeah. It's what's going on in the world right now. And I can see that there is a lot of problems. A lot of companies are struggling currently. And not to promote Cardboss too much, but honestly, Cardboss is a solution to optimize your conversion rates, your marketing costs and everything. So yeah, a lot of companies are just going to be trying to find different ways to optimize their costs. Oh, very good. Well, as we wrap up, Final couple of questions here. What are the the top three books that have been most influential to you that uh, that you'd recommend, and uh, and why? Oh well, there's one book that I've been reading. It's uh, Atomic Habits. It's just finding the. It's more of a personal book than a business development book because yeah, I I'm a becoming a more and more strong believer in personal growth, taking the time for yourself. And then you can come back to your business and just make it a lot better. And the same goes with uh, smaller things that you do in your day-to-day -day business. And yeah, Atomic Habits is the book that I would recommend currently. It's a book about... That's a great one. Yeah. Oh, have you read it? I mean, you obviously read it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have. Yeah. It's really good. It helps you a lot. 
otherwise other different books i couldn't say you know it they're not business related maybe i don't remember actually which one is it there's oh well this one is actually good ego is the enemy i think it's called like that okay. something like that i'm bad with remembering the names i mean the titles of the book but the book is about your ego your how you shouldn't have your ego too high up and mount up and mighty and it has a lot of good examples and one of the examples was that a real life example i just don't remember it good enough that a husband died from a, uh, and her his wife took over the business and the problem was that it was in the 70s or something like that and no one actually listened to her ideas but the thing was that she realized that her ideas weren't good as well you know because she wasn't in the business circle and the thing was what she did was she just hired a bunch of people that had better ideas than her you know her ego wasn't high like yeah my ideas are important she just said like yeah i've got no idea just tell me what to do how to decide give me the statistics give me the data and we'll decide together maybe from that book we took the approach to not think for ourselves but just ask our users hey tell us what you need you know so those are the two books that i would recommend for the third one sorry i don't read enough books <laughs> no that's great and uh, yeah ego is the enemy ryan holiday and uh, he's got some some interesting things and uh, yeah i think that's really really good insight and one of the hardest things i think for entrepreneurs to overcome is that uh, that our ideas are not the best that our way whatever that may be is not always the best that there are other things out there and so it's being open to those and hiring people that are smarter than us and and different than us and have different skills than us and different strengths to help move the business forward so that's really really good yeah it, it's honestly uh, and i don't want to exaggerate but it's really easy to get caught up in ego thinking it your ideas are the best because you started the company you you grew it this far and then you get uh i mean a bit like pumped up but then your business just starts not growing anymore it just stays there because you control it you grew it to this but you cannot grow it any more higher and then you have to think for your about like hey maybe my decisions are good but they're not the best maybe i should hire someone else to give me a different approach a different idea and yeah you just it's best to be just humble and think about yourself that you're stupid i mean i don't want to say bad but it's good to think about yourself like look i'm stupid i have no idea what i'm doing and yeah let's see what other people have to say yeah some of the the smartest people in business uh, they they don't, they put it a little bit differently that you're saying it exactly right the way that they say it is you approach things with a beginner's mind and uh, and you know that definitely translate that as yeah I, I can be stupid sometimes and, and just come in and just not know not assume that you know everything because you're you're in the business but have that beginner's mind and and come in open to other ideas Yeah that's great. But it's easy to be like uh, all high and mighty when you see you know like new clients and everything but in the end yeah don't don't do that. That that's a huge mistake that you can do. That's great. Well I've really enjoyed our conversation today. 
and you know talking with you. And uh, where can listeners find more about you online? Where can they find out more about you and more about Cart Boss? Well, it's hard, I think, to find something about me. You can find something about me on my LinkedIn profile or Facebook, but those things are more personal. But Cart Boss, you just go to cartboss.io, C-R-T-B-O-S-S.io. You can find all the information there. But yeah, I mean, for any questions at all, I mean... I try to give back to the community as much as possible to give different answers and stuff like that. So anyone can just uh, email me or send me a message on LinkedIn. And yeah, I'll be happy just to talk because yeah, you can just learn so much from that. It's it's crazy. Excellent. Well, we'll definitely put those links in the the show notes so you can connect with today and uh, cartboss.io. Definitely check that out, especially if you're in the e-commerce space. But I've really enjoyed our conversation today and, uh, and wish you much success in the future. Well, thank you so much. I mean, it was nice being here. There were quite a few difficult questions. I had to think about them, but it was <laughs> nice. It's, it's a good reflection. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. It was nice being here. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, thanks again for today, for coming on the show and sharing your insights and resources. You can learn more about today and CartBoss at CartBoss.io. So it's not .com. Remember that, CartBoss.io. And check them out on social media as well. So if you're selling anything online, CartBoss is a must-have. Don't let abandoned carts get lonely. And as always, all links, highlights, resources, and full show notes are available at SASFuel.com. As a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com slash sassfuel. I'll be sure to read these out on a future episode. So go tell me what you think about the podcast, what's most helpful, and your big takeaways. We'll tune in next week for our conversation with Keith Compagna, another SaaS founder who's helping companies, especially SaaS companies like you, create irresistible offers by showing their ROI in a unique and compelling way. So this isn't some old spreadsheet. It is an absolute case maker. So check it out next week. And until we meet again, enjoy the journey.